Welcome to That's What She Did. This is one of your hosts, T, along with Michelle Talbert, and we're coming to you every day during the month of March to bring you these stories of inspiring everyday Wonder Women that you've probably never heard of. So grab a mimosa and buckle in. We're about to begin. Hey, Michelle. Hey, T. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. How about you? I am awesome. I'm, I'm doing really well. It's still Women's Month, right? We're still in Women's Month. So We're still, still in Women's History Month. <laughs> I'm still feeling pretty good. <laughs> we're still feeling pretty good. We're, we're working hard on the recording here for all of our listeners. Yeah, super excited. We're really covering some really interesting folks. So I'm very excited about the women who we'll be talking about today. Me too. So welcome everyone to another episode of That's What She Did. Welcome, welcome. Yes, yes, yes. I'm and Michelle it, Talbert. Oh yeah, we should be better at introducing ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle, and you are. <laughs> and I'm Tangia Renee. <laughs> and we are your hosts. <laughs> this episode and every other episode of That's What She Did. In case this is your first time listening, we just kind of automatically assume you know who we are. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies if this is your first time. Otherwise, I'm Tangia. Michelle is my co-host, and we are happy for you to join us today. Yeah, absolutely. We are bringing you stories of incredible, badass, wonder women, as T likes to say, who have done amazing things and a lot of us have never heard of. And we wanted to change that. So we come to you every day, every weekday for the month of March to bring you their stories, their triumphs, their trials, and hopefully inspire you, um, make you think about your own journey, make you maybe question, ask grandma or your mama or your aunties um, about their own journeys. And absolutely, as T always says, please, if you have a story about a woman, share it with us. Send us an email at that's what she did podcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear about more and more Wonder Women. And Wonder Woman is defined as someone who just, you know, gets up, puts one foot in front of the other, which is what a lot of these women say. And then we look back and we're like, wow, they've done amazing things, you know? Absolutely. Um, and that was the whole idea behind starting the podcast and and doing an episode every weekday during the month of March for Women's History Month because we realize that there's so many incredible women, just everyday women that are your neighbors, your friends, they go to church with you, they work with you. And, you know, we're in such a rush all the time, we don't really take time to learn each other's stories. And and when we dig a little deeper and we learn about people, we connect on and engage on a deeper level. We learn so much about where other people have been and use that as fuel for our own stuff to move forward. So that's why we're here. So <clears throat> I do have another Everyday Wonder Woman for you today. And it was one, it's, so it's one of these stories that just kind of, appeared on my radar out of nowhere I was looking for something else initially like I wasn't even like doing research for the podcast I was on Amazon 
And uh, Lord knows I spend too much time on Amazon. (laughs) 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 They get me with that damn Prime membership, man. And so I was shopping. And you know how they stalk you and then little things pop up and they're like, you might also like this. Right, exactly. (laughs) And so I got one of those, you might also like things. And it was a book Mm -hmm. or a book that I had never, ever heard before. And I was like, that's an interesting title. So it was a book for a title called Salvage the Bones. And so we're going to talk about the author of that book. Her name is Jessamine Ward. And she is an American novelist and associate professor of English at Tulane University. And she was recently named, I think in 2000, it was 2016 or 2017, she was named one of the 30 most innovative women professors alive today. Wow. I thought that was pretty impressive when I Googled her name. It was one of the things, the first things that came up. And so I knew immediately, I was like, oh, this is, this is pretty cool. This is a story that deserves to be told. Most people have probably never heard of her. (laughs) So we need to know about her. Right, right. All right. So a little bit of where she is in her career now. So she won. So she would be um, like in her early 40s right now, late 30s, early 40s. I believe she was born in 77, maybe. 77. Yeah, 77. Um, So She won the 2011 National Book Award for Fiction and in 2012, excuse me, the Alex Award for her second novel, Salvage the Bones, which is a story about familial love and community covering the 10 days preceding Hurricane Katrina, the day after the hurricane, and the days after. Um, Because... Jessamine was a survivor of Hurricane Katrina. Mm-hmm. And so she took not only her experience during the hurricane and what happened after the hurricane, um, but her experience being in the, I call it the blast zone, but like the, <laughs> the area of destruction and going to work every day and seeing how that was impacting people's lives that were still around. Right. Um, and so she used that as the you know the backstory around this book salvage the bones but prior to that and prior to her getting appointed at tulane university um, she was an assistant professor of creative writing at the university of south alabama now even before that she has a an incredible list of accomplishments which makes it amazing to me that She's, she's a, a decorator, a really well-decorated American contemporary author. And I kind of asked around some people that I know, like, eat up this kind of literature. Mm-hmm. They had never heard of her either. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of amazing to me that someone who is so current and relevant and so decorated, just she's not getting press. Right. Really anywhere, even with all of her accomplishments, it's, you know, it's like nobody is is really talking to her, talking about her um, in the same way we're talking about books from authors that are maybe not quite as decorated. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and she actually has something to say about that that I'm going to tell you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So a little bit more about her accomplishments. So from 2008 to 2010, um, she had a Steger Fellowship at Stanford University. I don't know what that is, but apparently it's a really big deal. Um, she was also the John and Renee Grisham writer in residence at the University of Mississippi from 2010 and to 2011 academic year. Um, she joined the faculty at Tulane in 2014, but just prior to that, she released a memoir called um, Men We Reaped, and she was the recipient at that time of the MacArthur Genius Grant from the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Now, I do wow, know that that is a really big deal. That's a really big deal. Yes. That same year, uh, she received a second National Book Award for her third novel, Sing Unburied Sing, which made her the first woman to win two National Book Awards for fiction, which I was like, is that real? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the first woman, really? <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, so a little bit about her background. So she grew up in a small rural com community called uh Delisle, I believe, in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. The first of her family to attend college where she got a BA in English in 1999. She got a master's in media studies and communication from both Stanford University um, and Yale. And she chose to become an author in memory of her younger brother who was killed by a drunk driver in the summer of 2000, just after she completed her first master's degree. Wow. Now, I looked around and I couldn't find the full story on that. I don't know exactly what happened there or what the connection to writing was um, with her younger brother. But of course, something like that is going to have a huge impact on you. Um, <clears throat> but shortly after she decided to come become a writer, it was in 2005 that Hurricane Katrina hit. Uh, she and her family were in Mississippi. Um, and the, they were heavily impacted by the flooding and um, her home began to flood rapidly. So as a family, they left to try to get somewhere safe. They got into their car and were trying to get to a local church, but because the flooding was so bad, they ended up stranded in a field that was full of tractors. Now, when the white land owners eventually came out to their land to check on their possessions, they refused help to the family that were mm. stranded there saying mm -hmm. that they couldn't help them and that they had too many people at their house. It was overcrowded. So they left them there. Um, she says that they were tired and traumatized, but eventually another family, another white family came along from down the road and gave them shelter until they were able to get some somewhere else that had a huge impact on her. Um, she talks about how she went on to work at the University of New Orleans um, all the time with this idea for this book. Right. Right. And while she was at the University of New Orleans, this is right after Hurricane Katrina. And this is when like the cleanup efforts are, are going on. And she said during her daily commute, it took her through the neighborhoods that were most ravaged by the hurricane. Mm -hmm. And she really empathized and felt and that felt that she could relate to the struggle of the survivors that were in those communities. And it helped her to come to terms with her own experience during the storm. 
But during that time, right after Hurricane Katrina for three years while she was processing and, you know, it, it had a huge toll. It took a huge toll on her. She, sure. during that time, she was not able to write creative, creatively at all. Sure, I can't imagine. She just, she couldn't do it. And it took her, you know, she had written her first book already, Where the Line Bleeds. And during that three years, she was shopping her book around to different publishers, just trying to get it published, but she didn't have any other material because she just couldn't write because of right. you know, the emotional toll that it took on her. Um, and it, she wasn't getting anywhere with publishers. So in 2008, she decided that she was done with writing. She quit. She was like, she decided to give up and she decided that she was going to enroll in a nursing program. Wow. I'm a nurse. Yes. Like just go in a completely different direction because it, it to her, it felt like nothing was really happening. It just wasn't going to happen. And, but right about the time that she made that decision, her, that her first book, Where the Line Bleeds was accepted by a publisher by Agate Publishing and it got published and it was immediately picked up as a book club selection by Essence Magazine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, once that happened, the, you know, the doors immediately started to open and she received a Black Caucus of the American Library Association Honor Award that following year in 2009. So just one year after she got published um, within that first year, she was in Essence Magazine and then she got that, that honor award. Um, after that, Publishers Weekly called her. She had much more opportunity happening. Um, and when Publishers Weekly reviewed her first book, they called her a fresh new voice in American literature mm. who unflinchingly describes a world full of despair but not devoid of hope. And this is one of the reasons why I was like, why haven't we heard about this person? Mm -hmm. You know, I read a lot. I love to read. Um, and... She, her name was not a name of an author that ever popped up on my radar anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty good about paying attention about new and notable authors, particularly new and notable authors of color, because right. it's a, a genre of authors that I'm very interested in and nothing. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, it was surprising to me. So then her second novel, the one that is probably the most famous of her writing, Salvage the Bones, um, was received with a lot of accolades and mm -hmm. great reviews. And it, it was called a vis, uh, what do they call it? It was a visceral bond between poor black si siblings growing up in the golf course that chronicled the lives of a pregnant teenager. Um, I believe the character's name is pronounced Eshe Batiste, her three brothers and their father during the 10 days leading up to the hurricane the day of the hurricane and the day after hmm. there was a huge number of interviews that she did after this book was released because mm -hmm. it was so well received mm -hmm. and she was doing an interview with the Paris review and they were questioning her kind of on issues of, of race matters being a black author. And here's one quote that I found from her at, on the issue that I thought was really poignant. She says, it infuriates me that the work of white American writers can be universal and lay claim to classic texts while black and female authors are ghettoized as others. I wanted to align Eshe, the main character of that book, 
with a classic text, with the universal figure of Medea, the anti-hero, to claim that tradition as part of my Western literary heritage. The stories I write are particular to my community and my people, which means the details are particular to our circumstances. But the larger story of the survivor, the savage, is essentially a universal human one. She's absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely right. And, you know, that's, that's, it's, it's interesting that she said that as well, because as soon as you said Essence Magazine picked it up as a book club, all I could think was community tribe, you mm -hmm. know, and that when she was at her lowest point, she did continue to put her art out there, mm -hmm. but her art was seen by people in the community and it probably obviously would have been overlooked and was overlooked at first blush by the quote unquote mainstream, right? Right. So it's important to talk about how much we do need each other and how much we are able to help one another leverage up, but also recognize that, yeah, but this still is a universal story. This still should be considered quote unquote mainstream. It's like we have to do things on the fringe and, but yet that fringe activity is often what helps to propel us into mainstream spotlight. Mm -hmm. So it's this really interesting dichotomy. And I think she hit the nail right on the head that, you know, a lot of the stories that are told, I was thinking about this with Black Panther, Black Panther, which, you know, has just come out the weekend before we're starting to do these recordings and heading into March in 2018 black panther is a universal story about fathers and sons and yeah redemption and and sort of choices and how those choices can come back and legacy and yeah. legacy and, and ask the question yeah. who are you going to be right and these yeah. are common theme what do you stand for what do you believe in what's important to you um your fellow man there are so many themes within this quote-unquote black movie that are universal themes but we're so tied up in race and gender and economics, unfortunately, that we often miss these big, beautiful pictures for these little, like we focus on the little pixelated dots of the printer versus mm -hmm. stepping back and looking at the totality of the image. And, um, you know, that, that's how I feel Jessamine cap um, captured that sentiment. And I think she's dead on, spot on. Uh, yeah, I absolutely agree, because as I was reading through her bio and getting familiar with her work, I was like, it's weird to me that she's not mainstream. Mm -hmm. You know, she, she's been on CNN. She's mm -hmm. been, you know, featured author all over the place, but she's still not mainstream. And, and her most famous book about Hurricane Katrina is a mainstream story. It's mm -hmm. not... It's not a black story. It's not a ghetto story. That happened to America. That happened to well, Americans. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know what you're saying. You know what I'm, <laughs> I, saying. I, I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just gonna do that. That sister girl side. Huh? <laughs> no, y'all can, you. can feel it yeah. through your yeah, earbuds. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing the sister girl side. Huh? I get you. I get but you. Yes, for I sure. hear what you're saying. It happened um, on American soil. Yeah. It's. It's. What's so t one of the things that is so tough about Hurricane Katrina is that it did become an other story. Always. Like, of the others. You know, that, that's what happens. And I'm glad she's telling mm -hmm. these stories. I've seen her face before. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't read a lot of fiction. 
So I don't stay up to date on who the newest, latest, greatest um, fiction writers are. So I know um, that that's one of the reasons for sure why I'm not familiar with her, but I probably will add it to my vacation reading. Yeah. Uh, now that you tell me about it. So Salvage the Bones by Jessamine Ward. Yes. It's on my, my reading list as well. So I, I read a mix of fiction and like biographies and stuff, but mm -hmm. she just, I, she never had come up for me before. And I was like, wow, she's so accomplished and right. so interested in this story now. And, and so that book won the national book award for fiction, mm -hmm. which is a big deal. Mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. a, it's a big award in 2011. And she talked about how, both the nomination and the victory came as a big surprise to her because the novel was largely ignored by mainstream reviewers. Right, exactly. So she didn't expect it really to, you know, get the recognition that, you know, to live up to its potential because of that reason. And she, she said um, in another interview with CNN, because they asked her about that, they asked her why she was surprised. And mm -hmm. she said, you know, she listed many reasons, but one thing she said really stood out to me. She said, when I hear people talking about the fact that they think we lived in a, live in a post-racial America, it blows my mind because I don't know that place. I've never lived there. If one day they're able to pick up my work and read it and see the characters of my book as human beings and feel for them, then I think that is a political act. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, girl. <laughs> yeah, and she doesn't mince words, so that's really that's awesome. Yeah, and you, you know, I think I think again, she's 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 spot on. We're definitely not post-racial, but what I love about her story the most is that um, as you know, as an entrepreneur, you're an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur. We've been through these valleys mm. where it's like, you know what? Screw it, I'm done. This is not working out. You might still put that one little piece of art out into the world or that one little product or that one little service, but you're like, you know what? I'm getting a nine to five. I'm done. Mm -hmm. This is just not for me. And it's exactly at that moment where someone calls or some, some seed that you're, you've planted starts to sprout and you can get new momentum. And imagine had she become, was she going to be a nurse? She was going to be a nurse. Yeah. Right, you know, had she become a nurse, I'm sure she would have saved loads of lives, but the, the, um, the number of lives that she can touch through her written word being published and shared around the world is incredible. And the impact that she can have on humanity and the humanities, not to mention, I'm sure that's actually her passion. Um, is is incredible so if nothing else hopefully as you're listening to this story that t is sharing is that you take away that if there is something burning deep in your heart but yet you still see that you're facing hurdles that you just give it one more shot just try one yeah. more time just one more again yeah <laughs> that's exactly what i loved about her story um and she's here that, on the planet right yeah, now she's not here. from she's the 1830s or 1760s like now yeah you can look her up and she's you younger can, than me yeah <laughs> you can look her up you can buy her books and and you know it is that story of 
being at the end of your rope and right. just ready to quit. We've all been there. I've been there recently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know if this thing is going to work out. Right. <laughs> I mean, you put me at a podcast retirement to do these episodes. <laughs> so, yeah, know. absolutely. It is. It is. So I'm, I'm just, thank you so much for sharing Jessamine's story. I'm excited about that. Yeah. So support Jessamine. You can get her books on Amazon. Um, Salvage the Bones is, is the one that is probably has the most accolades, but pretty much everything she's written has been recognized as being something great, something right. really worth your time. So she's written a total of these two, four, five books available on Amazon. So check her out, learn about her. It's a really great story of just an everyday person who is passionate about something and just working on it and embracing greatness in her little corner of the world. Um, so I love that. And, and I hope that is an inspiration to you as well. Whatever you, whatever your passion is, whatever your purpose is, whatever you're working on, don't quit on it. Don't quit on it. Just don't quit. One more. One more again. <laughs> one more. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of That's What She Did. That's right. Thanks for joining us. And don't forget to write your stories. Let us know what's going on with you guys. Let us know what you think. We want to hear. So sure. subscribe. Be sure to subscribe. Give us a rating and review. We'd love that. Uh, especially for you know you're listening in iTunes. It would really be helpful for us if you could give us a rating and a review, star rating and a review. And let us know know how we're doing what you think and and we'll see where we go from uh here that's right so and thank you get back to your busyness uh until next time we'll see you on another episode of that's what she did see ya bye you just heard an episode of that's what she did bringing you stories of incredible women doing incredible things Make sure you join us again tomorrow as we bring you the deets on another everyday Wonder Woman to inspire you on your journey. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Oh, and make sure you share it with your friends. Spread the love. Bye.